Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So following God often means that uh, we walk through a series of open doors. What happens when doors close? Uh, What happens when we think we know God's will? and uh, only to discover that uh, things just don't work out like we thought they would. Today we have a guest on our show, uh, Carol Gaddis, who's written a book, When Doors Close, Changing Course in Missions Without Losing Your Way. And uh, we want to interview Carol about this book, and it'll be a great opportunity for us to think about God's call in our life uh, and what to do when disappointment hits. All right, so we want to welcome a brand new segment to The Scent Life and welcome in a helper, a co-host with me for this segment that we're going to call Stories from the Scent Ones. I want to welcome in Anna Dobb. Anna is our new Director of Special Projects and Partnerships for our Global Theological Initiative at Southeastern. And Anna, welcome to The Scent Life. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you guys. And this is a brand new section that we're doing, Anna, where we're going to talk each week about stories of missionaries, stories of those that are sent, stories of those that are serving around the world. And we want to deal with uh, stories of people like uh, Lottie Moon, uh, William Carey, Hudson Taylor, and then there'll be some people that folks have never heard of, right? Sure. So we're also going to focus on some people who are modern missionaries. Uh, They're actually out there living on the mission field right now. And we're going to do some that are maybe unexpected. I think oftentimes we think of missionaries as people going from the West to the rest of the world. Right. But we're going to try to highlight some folks who are maybe already living in, in other parts of the world right. and uh, who have, have taken on the mantle of the Great Commission themselves and are taking God's name to the nations from the nations. Very good. And that's kind of your job, right? Yes. Part of what you do at Southeastern. Why don't you just let folks know about our Global Theological Initiative and, and what you're doing here and uh, that type of thing. Yeah, happy to. So Global Theological Initiatives is the international partnership arm of the school. Mm -hmm. Uh, We partner with schools around the world to help them think through biblically faithful, contextualized theological education for their context. That's a mouthful. It is, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And what I mean by that is it's easy for us to think about maybe a Southeastern Extension Center and other places around the world, but the vision that we have is actually equipping and walking alongside already existing theological education entities to help them become the schools that they need to be. Uh, We want theological education to be accessible to people around the world. And one of the the things that Global Theological Initiatives recognizes and celebrates is the reality of the global church. Mm. Uh, Now, some people may have no idea what I mean when I say the word global global church. church. (laughs) So let me explain that. Sure. I always I, I like to back up and mm-hmm. give you know brief missions history. So uh, Jesus gives this great commission to right. the disciples, right. and he tells them to go and make disciples of all nations, right. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that he's commanded, and then they do it. Wow! They obey. Imagine that. Christians I know. <laughs> and so they cross cultural and linguistic barriers okay. and actually take the gospel uh, to to places all around the world. Sure. And so uh, we're going to highlight some of those missionaries who did do that Absolutely. Absolutely. In, our, in, in this particular segment. But what you see is that these missionaries 
cross-cultural linguistic barriers. They plant seeds of the gospel, Mm -hmm. and those seeds actually grow Mm -hmm. and bear fruit. Mm -hmm. And so we see Christians from various nations. We see Christians leading other Christians to follow Christ as well. Uh, We see the formation of churches. We even see the formation of conventions and Mm. theological education entities and mission-sending boards that are happening in various countries around the world. And what we want to do is recognize and celebrate Mm -hmm. that those churches are there and that those conventions are there. And we want to help them think through uh, the questions that we have to think through. How do we make disciples? Um, What is the best way to do theological education for our context? These people are asking those same questions in their own context. And so we want to help and encourage and walk alongside them. Super. In some ways, uh, what happened here, we were the ends of the earth in the United States. Correct. People came here. We became Christians, churches started, denominations started, seminaries started, and we're just pushing and continuing with uh, this thing that uh, that Jesus started in the Great Commission. Thanks for doing that, and thanks for being here. Anna's going to serve as my co-host for this segment uh, throughout uh, the next season or so of The Scent Life, and we really do want to take some time each, each episode and just briefly explore the lives of some real Christian heroes who are uh, who are either currently doing mission, currently serving the Lord, or those from the past. And I think there can be several things that can happen, right? If you're a pastor or if you're uh, teaching the Bible on a regular basis, what we talk about can be illustrative material uh, for your sermons or for your Bible studies as you go through the week. They can also be spiritually encouraging as we hear about what other people are doing and think about uh, the things that we struggle with and realize, man, we're not alone and others are struggling with this too. It's always been part of the of the Christian missionary movement. Anna, what what do you think our hearers can look forward to gaining, can learn from stories of the sent ones uh, as we talk about these things week after week? Sure. I think it's important for us to hear the stories of past missionaries and today's missionaries. Um, and, and part of that is because they, they give us examples mm-hmm. of people who are obedient to God's mission. Uh, they, can, they can encourage us to think through what our role is in God's mission. Um, but also just the recognition that these people are often ordinary people. Right. Um, I, I appreciate hearing stories of people who, who maybe do have some faults mm. uh, because it encourages me mm-hmm. that even when I'm not perfect, I can still be a part of God's Good. mission. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So we look forward to you week after week. Anna's going to jump in the studio and we're going to talk about sent ones and tell the stories of people's lives uh, who are living their life as part of God's life-changing mission. Anna, thanks for being here today and look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. So welcome to The Scent Life. We want to welcome Carol Gaddis with us and uh, talk about her new book, When Doors Close, Changing Course in Missions Without Losing Your Way. It's a fantastic book. I, I read it and uh, was really encouraged. Carol, thanks so much for being with us. I appreciate you joining us on The Scent Life. Thank you. It's so good to be with you, Scott. Thanks for being here. So Carol, can you just uh, update our listeners a little bit on who you are? I know you've written this book and you've made contributions to a book on the insider movement that uh, Dr. Grenham and Dr. Ibrahim uh, wrote. And so you've done a lot of writing on Islam and missions, but uh, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you're doing, your, your background and stuff like that? Sure, I'm happy to. So I'm from Tennessee originally, and very typical what you would think of as a Southern girl, but have an untypical life, let's say. Uh, <laughs> I was called to missions at a young age 
And uh, after I graduated from college, I went to Ivory Coast in West Africa for two years and served as a journeyman there. And it was while I was there, I felt the call specifically to work with Muslims. So came back, went to another Southern Baptist Seminary yeah, <laughs> at oh, Southwestern, <laughs> and then married a wonderful uh, Egyptian American pastor who was pastoring an Arabic Baptist church while we were in seminary, Rolf Gaddis. And we spent the next 20 years uh, in the Middle East and North Africa serving with the International Mission Board. And then we came back in 2009 uh, for, uh, we had to come back early for security reasons, but uh, came back to my hometown and retired officially in 2011. But while we were here, uh, we started an Arabic speaking church in Murfreesboro that uh, it was just uh, the right time to come back and the Lord was doing a lot of things. So uh, my husband passed away in 2015. Uh, and so I work full time as a librarian right now. And I have two grown sons who are married. Great. I appreciate, appreciate that. And you've written this book, but you've written a couple of other books as well and, and, and articles. Can you tell us real quickly just some of the other things that you've written? We'll talk about your book, When Doors Close, but uh, can you give our listeners just a just kind of a, a glimpse into the rest of your, your literary contributions. Sure. Um, my husband asked me when we were uh, serving in Syria to write a track, and he gave me the title, Lust Under the Veil, hmm. and I wrote a 300-plus page track. <laughs> so it became a little long, and but that was the first of my novels that I wrote under the pen name of Om Daoud, which means Mother of David in Arabic. And so I wrote three novels in three different settings in the Middle East and North Africa to give people an idea of what Muslims go through uh, when turning to Christ or accepting, uh, accepting Christ. And then I, Raouf and I wrote a book together called A Christian Guide to the Quran, Building Bridges in Muslim Evangelism that goes through the Quran, surah by surah to help uh, people build bridges using starting where a Muslim is and going to points in the gospel through that. And then after my husband died, I wrote a book about his life, about a mm -hmm. life surrendered. And then, as you said, I've contributed to the book for Dr. Ibrahim, and I'm also contract writer for Mission Mosaic magazine as well. Wow, a lot, they've done a lot. That's, I'm, that's impressive. I didn't realize that you were a, a novelist as well as a, an apologist and, uh, and an expert on Muslim evangelism. So that's fascinating. Yeah. Lots of different, I have lots of different things going on, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. So your, your current book, When Doors Close, uh, really deals with this matter of, of following God's, uh, God's will when things don't work out the way they are. And part of it is kind of based on your own story. So can you talk to us just a minute about kind of this book and what motivated you at this time uh, to choose to write a book on God closing doors uh, in missions ministry. Sure. As a, as a writer, I was really seeking what God wanted me to do at this stage of life. And of course, I love missions and I can write about missions all day. And I really felt like he was saying, you need to pour back into the next generation. You know, you have experiences a lot of people may never have. And I can see things from a unique perspective. And so it was really just to be able to pour back into missionaries, cross-cultural workers, anybody who's serving in cross-cultural situations, um, stories from my life and 
also just how God can work through scripture and things like that. Yeah, you kind of open up the book and you talk about the fact that you, you actually started writing this book before God closed a whole bunch of doors through COVID. But all of a sudden, uh, a lot of things happened, I think, that made this book and the subject of the book not maybe more relevant or more pressing at the matter. Uh, what kind of what is it that that you hope if somebody picks up this book and reads it or as they're working through the book, um, you know, what are you what are you hoping people get and walk away with? Well, I think I want them to to know that when doors close, it doesn't mean that God's not working. It doesn't right. mean that you've gone in the wrong direction. It means that God is is turning you towards something else hmm. and he's opening a new way. And so I, I really hope that they will sense a real, the reality of God's sovereignty really hmm. above everything that just because a door closes, it doesn't mean that, you know, you didn't do the right thing or God didn't call you, but that he is sovereign even in the change. And sometimes you see such amazing things through some of the hardest changes in your life. Yeah, that's good. And I really like the idea in the book, you, you actually make a statement. There's a section there that it says some doors actually need to close. Uh, I really love just that, that, that the idea that, you know, we kind of think that we're living life, we're doing everything obediently. So we ought to hit no hardships along the way, but you really make the point that nope, sometimes the door has to close. What do you have in mind when you use that phrase and that idea? I have several things in mind, actually, because <laughs> there are so many different times when a door has closed that needed to close. Right. Um, sometimes it has to do with there's too many people in one place. Mm. And we came across that several times on the field where, you know, especially when you're talking about missionaries and I'll say specifically, you know, Western missionaries. Sure that you're, you've got a whole bunch of foreigners in one location trying to reach a small group of people in that population. Mm -hmm. And God is working. It's not that saying that God's not working, but you realize, you know, they're doing something that, you know, maybe I can, I can do somewhere else. There's yeah. enough people in this spot. And so you realize that he's turning you to, to go to a different location or pull out, you know, mm -hmm go, go deeper into the country, you know, not be in the city sometimes. Right. So things like that are, are one of the concepts that I'm thinking of in that particular sense. Yeah. That's right. Kind of like Philip, right. With the Ethiopian eunuch, he's in this ministry and God had to shut that door to get him to meet the Ethiopian eunuch uh, on the road there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you think about your book, doors closed, we know that God, God closes doors, shifts our ministry would you recommend your book to somebody uh, who is just considering or feeling called to the mission field? Or is it just for somebody who may be sensing the door closing for them? Uh, you know, kind of well, hopefully something like this doesn't deter someone or stop them from stepping into missionary service, right? So kind of talk with us about who the book is for and how each group of each group of people might benefit from reading your book. Sure. For the person that is considering missions or cross-cultural service, it is really to help them to have more of a realistic picture. You know, we go in, oh my goodness, with such rose-colored glasses about yeah. what we're going to do and what God wants us to do and what it's going to look like. And it doesn't many times look anything like that. 
And so this is to help you at the beginning to, to take some assessment of mm. where you are, some things that maybe you need to consider, you know, as simple as what are you taking with you? You know, yeah. your reality check of how much stuff you're taking. Do you right. really need all that? It's a preparation guide, but also to say, you know, these things may happen down the road. Uh, mm. I want to know that they, just knowing that they might happen triggers something in me to say, okay, I'm going to be better prepared for that. That's so important. just the possibility of it. And then people that are in the midst of it, it's a really good um, tool to say, okay, ask some questions and help work through some scriptures. You know, I have scriptures in there and examples and just questions to ask yourself when you're in the midst of a closed door or something's happening where you're in the midst of change. So to help you maybe process. And then of course, people coming back from the field debriefing is you know it's a wonderful tool for helping them debrief through some of the struggles they have because bitterness is so hard you know yeah. when you're coming back and you've had a door closed and so how can you keep from letting you know bitterness or doubt you know pull into you so working through some of those issues and so it's for workers but it's also for organizations mm -hmm. it's for churches uh, family members to help you, you know, love on missionaries and understand them better and to work through these processes with them. Yeah, that's great. I, I so appreciate it. as I was reading through the book, there's so many just nuts and bolts, practical steps that I think for pastors of churches or mission committees in churches who want to send out missionaries or minister to them, the book just gives a real healthy glimpse into reality. Uh, and then for missionaries, just how they process different seasons of life and how God leads them. Again, we're talking about the book, When Doors Close, Changing Course and Missions Without Losing Your Way. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary exists to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, we offer over 40 degrees, ranging from a Bachelor of Arts to a Doctor of Philosophy. The Master of Divinity is Southeastern's flagship degree for anyone seeking to be thoroughly equipped to serve their local church through a variety of ways. Since 1950, Southeastern has grown its student body to more than 5,000 students who seek to minister in the U.S. and around the world. We believe that theological education is more than just building knowledge. It's about becoming who God has called you to be. No matter how God is calling you to serve, Southeastern will come alongside you and help you to grow in your faith and go to reach the lost. If you're interested in learning more, check out sebts.edu to find out how God might be calling you to go next. Use the code THESENTLIFE, all caps, no spaces, and Southeastern will waive your application fee. Just a minute and walk us through the book as you're thinking about how, how the book is laid out and 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 what's the your your structure and if somebody picks up the book to read what would they expect as they're working through uh through this book so the book is laid out in three sections and the first one is foundations mm -hmm. you know you can't even talk about closed doors if you don't have that first open door yeah. of, of a call 
and a, a sense of that God wants us to be used in service. You know, whatever form it takes, he is calling us to serve. And so understanding that original call keeps us grounded when doors close later on, because it's always good to come back to that. And uh, I talk about, you know, how that looks different in different seasons uh, there. And also in that first foundations, as I said, there's reality checks, some things just to look at before you go, uh, before you prepare for service. And then the biggest section obviously is closed doors. Right. And I try to group them in different topics under different things. You know, when a door closed suddenly, when doors close because of grief, when seasons of closed doors, different things. So I'm grouping uh, different ways a door can close under different topics. And then I, in each one of those, I have stories, whether they're from my life or from colleagues or friends' lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, to help relate to that. And then also scripture references and questions about, about that section. Right. And then the final uh, part of the book is basically pitfalls and action plans. Mm -hmm. And this is just helping people to um, not fall into that. It's not fair trap when a yeah. door closes, you know? And so just realizing that you're not alone and help help them go through some practical steps of what happens when a door closes. What do I need to do? Yeah, that's great. It's again, it's filled with practical advice. There are two chapters. I just want to ask you about that. I was, as I was reading through this really jumped out at me um, that I think, I think it's so important. And so one of them is, is you, you have this chapter about when doors won't even open. Uh, so this whole chapter in here. So we think about closed doors. We think about missionaries serving on the field. But you really you go into this deal about okay, what if the door never opens at all? Talk. What what can you give a little bit of explanation on that? What did you mean in that? And what do you hope people take away from that chapter? Yeah, there's several ways that doors won't even open. Yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as you can't get a visa for that country. Good. You know, paperwork, people do not realize before you go how much paperwork <laughs> has to be done to get into another country. Um, and so just sometimes that stops everything in your tracks. You know, we had three countries before we actually got to the one we were destined to go to first, you know, so it can change so fast. Also, sometimes uh, in the process of going with an organization, especially people go through routine physicals. You have to have mm -hmm. physical, you have to have the mental health uh, checks for organizations. And unfortunately, many times that's the first physical a lot of people have had. Yeah. I know it was for me probably. So unfortunately people find that they maybe have an illness or something that is going to hinder them from going mm -hmm. overseas or that country doesn't have the medication that you might need to do treatments. So that can stop people right there before they even uh, go any further. And that's hard. It right. is tough to face that. And so what does, you know, looking at what is God saying in this and mm -hmm. how is he going to use this in our life as we navigate through this change? No, that's great. I can't think of the number of students that I've had to counsel with over the decade plus that I've been at the seminary who, you know, they come to the seminary, they're just passionate about, about calling and something stops them. It could be, you know, you, in the book, you talk about the fact that you had, you got married 
uh, as you were going overseas and the international mission board says, okay, if you're going to get married, now there's a delay here, right? There's a, a year of, of romance or whatever uh, happens <laughs> there. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you got that going on. And then again, the, the, the physical, there's lifestyle issues. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing such an increase in unhealthy lifestyles, whether it's pornography or eating disorders or other things that really uh, derail a person. And I really like the way that you explain here that the closed door might be God's other opportunity. Um, so maybe God leads you down this path so you can get a physical, so you can be made aware of your lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. And then, now, there's another chapter, though, I think that's probably one that needs to be read, needed to be written. My guess is it wasn't a fun chapter to write. And that is, what about this door that closes and it's your fault? Mm. You know, we, we think about, oh, this kind of mystical uh, experience, Philip in Samaria, God, hey, go somewhere else so somebody else can become a Christian. But there really are, we both know of stories and examples where uh, let's don't blame it on God, right? This is your fault. Something's happened here. That had to have been a terrible chapter, right? My guess is that a person who served on the mission field as long as you did has people in your mind, and we don't want to talk about those people now, but uh, talk a minute about that chapter and why did you write that chapter and what do you hope people walk away from if they read about this one? Well, I think for me, instead of pointing fingers at others, you know, it really started with myself. Mm. And that's why I tried to be very transparent in the book yeah. uh, when I was a journeyman, you know, things that happen there that really put a damper, closed doors in many ways, mm. even though I didn't leave the field because I begged and pleaded. Yeah. But, um, you know, it did hinder my ministry mm. in many ways. And so that one dealt with inappropriate relationships. Yeah. And unfortunately, in, in the mission world, this is a big reality right. where people, whether single or married, get into inappropriate relationships, and it does close a door. Right. Uh, it also hurts a witness as well. And the other one is language learning. You mm. know, we have, as Southern Baptists, we have very important thing, uh, rules to follow when it comes to learning a language, because how are you going to communicate the gospel if yeah. you're not able to speak the language? And so there are, you know, goals and things you have to go through. And I've watched people suffer because of that. And, you know, they're not able to continue serving until they can reach those milestones in their language learning. So it's tough. It's really right. tough. And also a, a, another one just quickly is um, security issues. Yeah. Now, some people go to countries where it's not a problem, but for, for many of us, security was a big problem and you had to be careful, you know, what you did, who you, uh, if you risked your team security, your own security, or, you know, the nationals that you're working with, and that could send you home, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's several things there in that chapter that are tough, but I think it's important to keep us one humble yeah. <laughs> that um, it can happen to you. It can happen to, it happens to me, you know, no, no one is immune to doing things that can hinder a ministry from continuing. Right. No, that's exactly right. And this, as, I, as I read that chapter, again, you, if you're around the mission 
ministry long enough and missionaries, you just see stories of people who've lost their vision, lost, uh, you know, lost the, the focus on the Lord or focused on the wrong person or got a bad attitude, just whatever reasons, it just, it causes that door to close. I, mean, I really appreciate this book. It's a practical book for people at all phases, uh, missionaries, local church ministers. So as you think about this book, if you could if you could sort of summarize it for the reader, what would you say? This is one thing, one message, or you know, one or two messages. When you put down this book, I want you to walk away with this that you gained this by reading the book. Well, I think for me, the main thing through the stories, through the scripture and questions, realize that you're not alone yeah. in what you're going to face and what you're facing. You know, other people have faced it before you. Others will face it after you. It's part of the journey of life in service. But also I believe that, I pray that it will show you that we serve a God who sees us. And even as doors close, he's already preparing another door mm -hmm. to open for you. And he will help you navigate through that. So just because one door closes doesn't mean another won't open. That's great. Yeah, I appreciate it. Again, we're talking about the book, When Doors Close, Changing Course in Missions Without Losing Your Way. It's written by Carol Gaddis. And it's again, it's a real practical book, the, the just about how to discern God's call, God's will for your life, even when things don't work out the way you want to. It's a great book for training. It's a great book for discipleship. It's a great book for missionaries, local churches. There's group, there are group discussion questions at the end. As you read a chapter, you can meet with a group of people and work through this. It's probably a good husband and wife. If you're working through open and closed doors or God's call or your missionary team, I would, I would recommend this book. Carol, how does somebody um, get a copy of this book? Where can we find it? You can find it at most online book distributors. Uh, you can always go to my website, lifeinexile.net. Uh, okay. That's where I have my blog, but I also list my books there, and that one is included. Very good. Yeah, and again, I would recommend that you pick up this book. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to write us at uh, the CGCS at Southeastern. We'll help put you in touch with Carol or put you in touch with uh, how to purchase the book. Carol, thanks so much for, for being on and uh, discussing this book. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your book or about your ministry, uh, your website, before we, before we close our time together. Uh, thank you, and I appreciate the time with you. Uh, I would just like to say uh, in my blog, lifeinexile.net, every Monday I blog about missions. So okay. I have a Missions Monday tab. You can always see uh, things about missions. And feel free to email me, contact me through my website, and I'll be happy to answer any questions. Good. Thank you so much, Carol Gaddis. When Doors Close, Changing Course and Mission Without Losing Your Way, a uh, brand new book about missions, discerning God's call, and uh, we highly recommend it. Thank you, Carol, so much for being with us on The Scent Life uh, this week, and uh, hey, best of luck uh, on the next book that you choose to write. Thank you. I appreciate it, Scott. You take care.